0: This podcast may contain spoilers. Oh, what's that? It's called No Spoilers for Old Man. Ah, f***. You should never say who's there. Don't you watch scary movies? It's a death wish. You might as well just come out here to investigate a strange noise or something. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hi. Hi. <laughs> to another episode of No Spoilers for Old Men, episode nine. Nine already. I think. Shearer. I don't, okay. Um I I think it's nine. <laughs> <laughs> you better be. You just have to add in the Shearer part, don't you? Yeah. Oh
1: my God. You know, we, we, we drew the other day. Newcastle, so.
0: Oh, you said we weren't going to talk about it. Oh, okay, sorry. We're we'll not. Talk we get about it. Football. Man United. Man United lost. Cool. Five zero. 0 yeah. Right. Whatever. This is a film podcast. Come on, <laughs> come on. Not a not a sports one.
1: As much as I do want to talk about how. how no. Bad. No. Okay. I woke I'm up good. this
0: morning in tears. <laughs> I've cried them all out. We're moving on. We're
1: moving on. <laughs> on. Moving on with life. Here we go. Film time. How are you, bro? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm
0: just a little bit tired. Back to work and stuff. You know out of yeah. lockdown uh this episode we are introducing our number two of our countdown which is very Already exciting two. yes dude remember when we were preparing for this and mm-hmm. we were like arming and ahhing about the top five and we switched it around a bit and now we're at number two i'm still and minor are you serious? <laughs> about previous ones we've done or because we can't change that <laughs> it's hard doing it like
1: you don't want to you don't want to make definite lists because then it's like all right that's it you've give you that's your top five forever
0: and the thing is, if we're ever out at a pub or something and that conversation comes up of like, oh, what's your, what's your top five scary movies? We're like, well, shit, we kind of have to go with the five. We've yeah. Because <laughs> there's proof out there that that's our top five. Yeah. I doubt
1: there's going to be some random journal just like ready <laughs> we in to like get us on it. Like, you know, oh, he, he, he said it was hereditary was number, five, you know? No. We're, <laughs> we're all imagine? good.
0: Jesus. We're all good. What's, what's number two? Are we going to say it now? We're going to go straight into certified fresh certified guess oh i messed it up hey josh is uh, copyrighted that's in a (laughs) oh shit (laughs) all right
1: certified guess let's do it all right certified 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 guess all right you ready yeah okay number one the film is a journey through outer space but it is also a journey through cinematic space it conjures the future by making you sit through its vision of the future spending time just being
0: in it for the first time ever we have the same review <laughs> and the same movie review yes that's
1: <laughs> fucked
0: 2001 a space yeah. odyssey do we both get oh no, do we, we both get it. a point or cuz i was uh, going to choose nah. that for you.
1: you get it you get a point that's fine and then you can either change yours. Fine. Okay. I'll change mine. <laughs> that, I knew that was going to happen. I just had this feeling. If you've got the second one that's the same, that's c-
0: crazy. I don't think so. I reckon you might, you know. I reckon we might. No. <laughs> so that's funny. the easiest point I'm ever going to get. Beautiful. Right. Come on. All right. Just tell that one again. <laughs> you <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, this is my review. The film is a journey through outer space. (laughs) No, this is my review. Clockwork Orange. (laughs) The slick satire cleverly equates materialism, narcissism, misogyny, and classism with homicide. But you may laugh so loud at the protagonist that you won't be able to hear yourself laughing with him.
1: Oh my God, what is that? A lot of murders, a lot of killing. Can you do just one more time, sorry. Really bad. The,
0: the slick satire cleverly equates materialism, narcissism, misogyny, and classism with homicide. But you may laugh so loud at the American cycle. Yeah. Bro. Yes. Right.
1: Took me a little while, but
0: we got it. Hello, Nad. <laughs> I'm back, baby. <laughs> All right, let's jump Pat into Rick our number two. What well, Patrick Bateman, I thought you said Harry Bateman. No, Patrick Bateman. I don't know who Harry Bateman is. Anyway, sorry. (laughs) Let's jump into our number two. Numero Tuno. Number two on our top five horror movie list for this month of Spooky is The Shining. The Shining. I see dead people different movie. Well done. Yeah. Well done mate. Thank you mate. Uh The Shining. 1980 directed by uh the one the only the infamous maybe famous Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> what a guy. Written by Stephen King. What a
1: force. What a for two forces of nature what in a, the creative world.
0: What a positive and negative combo. What a magnet. <laughs> What an opposites of magnet! They don't. Yeah. You put them together and they move away. <laughs> and somehow
1: this film comes out of it. Madness,
0: mate. It's starring oh. J- Jack Nicholson. Yep. Charlie Duvall, Duval, Danny Lloyd, and Scatman Crothers. What a name! I know
1: what. A, what a guy! What a oh, great guy! Yeah. Um, synopsis for the for the listeners who may not have. I mean, if you've not seen The Shining, I don't know. Just just get out.
0: <laughs> bye, bye. <laughs> What is this movie about, Ned? This movie is about a shining.
1: A light? <laughs> a shining light. So, sorry, that was me trying human, but it didn't work. Yep. Um, so, Jack Torrance, played by Jack Nicholson, becomes a winter te- winter caretaker at the isolated Overlook Hotel in Colorado, hoping to cure his writer's block. He settles in, along with his wife, Wendy, played by Shelley Duvall, and his son, Danny, played by Danny Lloyd, who is now a farmer, who who is plagued by psychic premonitions. As Jack's writing goes nowhere and Danny's visions become more disturbing, Jack discovers the hotel's dark secrets and begins to unravel into a homicidal maniac hell-bent on terrorizing his family. It's a pretty...
0: um, it's pretty dark pretty dark film i think the the ultimate uh message behind the film is quite dark if you yes. fully get sucked into it yes
1: there's a lot we got we, there's a lot to unpack here like yes. it's like hereditary but i'd say it's a bit more on a it's a bigger scale isn't it like mm-hmm. uh, the subtext and stuff um but the story generally yeah it's about you know they go to the Overlook Hotel, um, it's this massive, it's like a haunted house,
0: essentially, but it's like huge. It's a slow burn, in my opinion. Yeah. It's just an interesting, God, I can't even, I don't even know. What it's to not be, your but... classic
1: horror, let's put it this way, it's not your classic horror movie. Like, there's a lot going on, and you, I mean, from the opening, you do get the eerie sense of like, you know, those opening credits where you like, kind of swooshing through the sky. You know past the lake like soaring and you follow following the music yeah 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 mm-hmm. the music yeah it's like that eerie kind of oh what's the name of the the bloody song called Diaz Ere is the name of the, the 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 opening um track it's a bit of a spook yeah it's a segment from symphony fantastic by Hector Belois oh So yeah, very classical, and it's very disconcerting. Like it makes you feel like, "Oh my god, what what am I about to watch? Like, what
0: are you getting yourself into here?" Like it's yeah. Do you I, remember the I, first time
1: you watched it, or
0: yeah, 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 I do. Um, obviously being a little younger, I wasn't paying attention to that sort of stuff. Um, but watching it now, it, I still get that same feeling. Mm. Um, so no matter what age you are, you still feel like
1: that sense of like unease and like, but there's a lot behind it. Just that opening scene, but that helicopter shot. It just like it, and I've from what I've read about it, um, I think it, the point is that you are almost the viewer is almost like a ghost, mm. flying through the sky and kind of Could following be. the car. Yeah, it's like an interpretation. And there's a like this film. Yeah, I mean, for everyone listening, like there's a lot of like interpretation about this movie with all Kubrick's films was the same, to be honest, um, because he was such a genius, you know, that must same. Idea. it's
0: the same with Stephen King. So you're mixing King's sort of way of doing it. And then you've got Kubrick's way of doing it. It's kind of like multiplied.
1: Yeah. 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 So, so you've got, I mean, yeah. So it is an adaptation of a book by Stephen King, um, which is very different to, mm-hmm. The film and what the film, what Kubrick did with the film. And as a result, we all know, you know, Stephen King hated it. He absolutely loathed the Shining
0: adaptation. Uh, And I think that comes down to Kubrick versus King. Like that was Kubrick uh, versus
1: King is like a big, yeah, sounds like a lawsuit. (laughs) It does, doesn't it? (laughs) It sounds
0: like an OJ Simpson fucking. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Kubrick versus King. But yeah, he. He really did not like what Kubrick did. And I think there's a lot of elements of like, I mean, I don't know if it's jealousy, but because uh, it was so, so successful. um, And it was just, it's considered a classic film now. But also I think because he kind of disrespected in Kubrick's eyes, uh, sorry, in King's eyes, he disres- Kubrick disrespected the book and the story and what The Shining was really about. And he made it about what he wanted it to be about. But to me, that's just like interpreting art in different ways and using things as inspiration. Which Um, is
0: like, um, which is with any sort of creative project that's uh, somewhat normal. Um, And I think The Shining is what it is today because of Kubrick's version of it. Like he didn't, like he definitely, it's tough. It's tough because you've got Stephen King's original version of it. But that's literally just Stephen King's version. Kubrick has turned it into something that's everyone's versions of The Shining, unless you've read the book first. Yeah, yeah. Well, Um, but like
1: the, I think they did a made for TV. It was a made for TV movie, the Stephen King movie that he had kind of creative control over. And I watched a bit of it, and it's proper shit. Like, yeah. Like, it's so bad, like the effects and stuff. And there's like these fucking statues that like move, which is what happens in the book. And I was thinking to myself, like, why would Kubrick's film have benefited from having those things in it? Mm. It wouldn't have.
0: It would have just turned into a ridiculous. If he he had added that into what The Shining is now, it just wouldn't have made sense. It would have have, uh, completely thrown me off.
1: There's so many interesting scenes in the movie as well. Um, in Kubrick's movie, that like are iconic. Like, how many iconic scenes has The Shining got?
0: Um, where do you want to begin? Well, um, I don't let's...
1: know. You talk about the elevator spilling the blood, like Jack here's Nicholson upstairs. Here's Johnny, um, the typewriter. Danny going through the building on his little trike thing. The That's two iconic. girls. Mm-hmm. You know, like it just goes on and on and on. There's a reason why this is such a great movie. Like, you know, and like, it's considered a great movie. It's gone down in history as like one of the best horrors. But to be honest, it is a horror film, but it's also so much more than that.
0: Uh, I, I, I'd say it's a subtle horror film, but it's still yeah. in that horror category. Um, what makes it scary, I guess, is, um,
1: you know, the 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 kind of murderous aspect and the psychopathic thing. Uh, and the haunted house, I guess, nature of it. Mm.
0: Great. Look, I'm at the hotel and I still have an awful lot to go through. I don't think I could get home before 9 or 10. Sounds like you got the job? Right. It's a beautiful place. You and Danny are going to love it. Tony, why don't you want to go to the hotel? I don't know. You do too, no. But no, come on, tell me. I don't want to. Please? yeah so did you explain what the shining is
1: so the shining see this is a this is something that i didn't actually work out until i watched it when i was a little bit older like yourself like when yeah. i was a kid or when i was younger i guess i didn't really think about the idea of the shining as being a thing like it was just a haunted house movie of a, of a guy going insane and then when you start to obviously get into all of this sort of stuff the Shining. It is. It's. Uh, it's like a telepathic power that certain people have. Um, not too sure why specific people have it, but they're able to communicate. It's like a sixth sense as well. They can communicate with other people, but they can also see in the past and the future. Um, I guess they're kind of, I guess, kind of akin to like a mutant or something. Mm uh you know like because x-men's got like those kind of people with powers and stuff and you know rogue from x-men has that like telepathic thing yeah but this is not done in a superpower way it's almost just seen as something that (sighs) i don't know how to describe it people have it for a reason in order to stop bad things from happening
0: yeah which um doesn't work out in this
1: movie <laughs> it like does and it doesn't like <laughs> a lot of bad shit happens and a lot of scary shit happens um but you know like the the characters generally do learn from their mistakes and i think this is we, we're delving right into like that room 237 i made i made you watch a doco yeah you want to tell everyone what you thought of that
0: um so there's a doco out there called room 237 which is basically the room number in the movie the shining um and and what's
1: what's the significance of that room
0: the the that the murders happened in that room wasn't that yeah
1: well the room is like where jack goes um jack nicholson's character goes to Oh, it's just like a mysterious room. It's like it's like the cupboard that you never go into as a kid, you know, because mm.
0: you're scared of what's inside. And that's the, when they were. He was like to dock. Um, nothing happened in room two three seven.
1: What about room two three seven? Room two three seven. You're scared of room two three seven, ain't you? No, ain't. Eh? What
0: is in room 237? Nothing. There ain't nothing in room 237. But you ain't got no business going in there anyway. So stay out. You understand? Stay out.
1: But yeah, Jack Nicholson's character, Jack Torrance, goes into there and he has a vision of a, a naked woman. And he's kind of really attracted to her, and he wants to have sex with her. This woman then turns out to be a scraggly old, moldy. decomposing, moldy uh. old, toothless granny. And he's like, ah! Which you would be, wouldn't you?
0: Oh, well, everyone's got their
1: kinks. Um... <laughs> <laughs> You're just sitting there watching it go. Good on you, mate.
0: Yeah, mate. <laughs> Anyway, Room 237, the doco, is a a bunch of fans who have deconstructed the movie The Shining, like literally pulled it from piece to piece apart. A lot of people with a lot of time on their hands. Too much time on their hands. Get a hobby. Um, That is their hobby. That is their hobby. Sorry, get a job. Um, (laughs) um, And they've basically come up with theories as to why certain things are like it in The Shining and adds to the story of it, which is some of them are quite interesting and some of them are absolutely ridiculous. (laughs) Um, we watched it together and I, I'd i seen it before a couple of times. I, yeah. It was my first time watching it. Um, I can't watch the movie the same ever again. Cause I'm just <laughs> noticing every little thing that's been mentioned. Um, I'll, I, I I personally think like
1: it's a blessing and a curse that film. Cause like it makes you think about the film in ways that you might not have thought about it before. Yeah. Um, like IE, you know, the fact that it's, it's, on a native american burial ground and that's such a big thing that you don't
0: put two and two together in the film because you're not thinking about that it's only mentioned a couple times when they're walking outside and he mentions it but then watching the um, (laughs) the calumet the calumet baking soda in the background yeah and
1: the guy's like and as soon as i saw the calumet baking soda can i realized (laughs) this movie is not just about the shining <laughs> <laughs> and then you just it goes through like the walls and it's like all this native american stuff then you think about the blood coming through the elevator and you're like oh my god that's the genocide coming up from the basement you know like that's the blood from the people stop what <laughs> and then you're like wow maybe it is maybe it isn't who cares that's fucking fascinating like surely and then you start to think about kubrick and we were discussing this like Kubrick was a genius and like whether he's overrated that's that doesn't really matter like he was a genius he made genius films he made classic iconic movies he was controversial there's no way that this guy was just gonna go all right I'm gonna make The Shining movie and it's gonna be about a bloke who can communicate with this young boy and his dad goes mad and the end he you was hundred. He could, you could, he could but... but it wouldn't have been as successful as it is now. Exactly, would it have lasted as long. Just being a basic, nah. The subtext is what's fucking like m- mad about this film.
0: Yeah. It's mad, mm-hmm. and I don't know
1: if you want to talk about some of the funnier uh, conspiracies.
0: I just want to say that that it, in the in the poster on the wall, it's a skier. It's not a minotaur, 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 minotaur centaur, whatever um because that really bugged me when she, she when she was talking this lady so this woman's basically saying at,
1: there's a scene where the two girls who are ghosts come in and danny sees them and he's in shock and then he looks at them and on the wall behind there's like all these posters and stuff this woman was essentially saying that There was a skiing poster and that the skiing poster represented a minotaur. The minotaur represents the beast. The beast is Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson's stares look like a beast looking out of the window. Oh, mate, honestly, like the things that this woman was clinging to, like the straws.
0: But like she was explaining to it how it looks like a minotaur and it's not a skier. And she was explaining it. And I was like, looking at it, like, (laughs) no, you're completely (laughs) wrong it's literally says ski underneath the poster. Like, look, but what I find fascinating is that people can have
1: so many interpretations of this film. And some of them are like really not valid. And some of them are like, whoa, okay. And some of them are completely by accident. Like the one that really shocked you, which was when they played, this guy was really experimental and he played the movie back to front. So like from beginning to end and then end to beginning overlapping Over each top. other
0: like yeah. opacity of each version was like 50 percent, so you could see both um it going front to front to back and then back to front and um Still confusing. it's so confusing i don't know if we explained it properly but things in that movie line up so perfectly weird together that it just blows your mind and one image in particular nad yeah yeah the, the clown face
1: yeah well like I told you about this, and like, it's it could it it's probably just like totally random. I mean, it's most like look at it like it's most no, like you,
0: it can't be not not that many, not that many sort of. There's if Kubrick is a genius, like you said. I reckon he totally well, he's is.
1: if if that's true, he's got to be the biggest genius, creative genius of all time. Because who the fuck plays a movie back to front? Wait, you don't watch movies back to front? <laughs> yeah, all the time. <laughs> that fucking scene where he's like. <laughs> it's the two girls who've been massacred because it's like a, a flashback kind of thing and they're massacred on the floor and um there's blood everywhere and there's an axe and like and then it's at the same time as that happening when the other like film footage is being played back over it jack nicholson's face is perfectly lined up to look like this evil clown. Like he's crying blood. Like he's crying blood. And he's got like this fucking nose that's red. His mouth is like red around the mouth. Specifically like in these. You know just there and thereabouts. But the way that it's lined up is so like. Eerie. It's like
0: fuck. Mm. But then there I are believe. The... <laughs> there are that's other bits odd. in it. There are other bits in it. Where they, they like. Um. The conversations cross yes, one another yes. yeah yeah that was well done as well but then at the end and the beginning of each version it looks like a postcard because of the background of the the opening sequence and then the end shot lined up together it looks like a
1: 1921 yeah like yeah
0: the...
1: <sighs> man and then there's like the other aspect of like <laughs> the guy who thinks it's like um the faking of the moon landing footage and Kubrick was involved and he's like when Danny stands up with his jumper on the carpet and he's playing with his trucks, and it's got Apollo on his jumper, and like it's a spaceship, and it's taken
0: off. Then and I was compared like, it to yeah, two thousand one, Space Odyssey. And I was
1: like, "That's cool, that's cool," but it's it's fucking bullshit. Like it, no that, was I'll, I'll
0: that was a stretch. Uh, I'll agree, that was
1: a massive stretch. And there um, was a few that were just like so far fetched. But this is interesting, you know. Like this movie isn't just about it's a fucking horror film, and it. I think the reason why it's even more scary is because it's so mysterious. <laughs> There's a lot of like supernatural elements to the movie as well. Um, But they're not, they're done in such a slick way. Like the ballroom, for example, like, you know, he imagines what it's like. He walks into the ballroom, Jack, and he, it's all as it was back then. And they're all ghosts, you know, and Gilbert, uh, sorry, Grady um, is the, what's the bartender called again? Lloyd Lloyd so yeah and he's chatting to Lloyd and Lloyd is Lloyd's got this really like if you watch it like he's got like a really like almost demonic stare like mm. it's quite creepy like and he's a ghost right and they don't have any alcohol and he's just like pouring him a drink it's like what <laughs> then he goes and he sees Grady and Grady was the old it's all really jumbled up because like Grady is a waiter in the ballroom but he's also the old caretaker who killed his family and that's when you're kind of going, what the fuck is happening? And they're it's in like that the- red room.
0: And, and they're, they're in the red bathroom and, he's, and what does he say to, to Jack? He says, you're going to kill your wife and son. Essentially, he says yeah. that. It's his mother. <laughs> she uh, interferes. Babs they need a good talking to if you don't mind my saying so perhaps a bit more my girls, sir they didn't care for the overlook at first one of them actually stole a pack of matches and tried to burn it down but I corrected them, sir. And when my wife tried to prevent me from doing my duty, I corrected her.
1: You're gonna kill yeah, you're gonna kill them too, like kind of thing. And uh, you're gonna you're gonna do exactly the same as what I did. You're gonna commit these evil acts and you can't stop it. Like it's just going to happen. Mm. And he does. And he goes out and he tries to kill them both. Um, and Unsuccessfully. But like, you know, that whole scene where he's chasing them and, you know, the behind the scenes stuff of like what went on while they were filming all of this was just fucking mad. Like, that's a, that's a
0: good point. You, you said that because I got a few BTS facts.
1: You. you got a few BTS facts, some um, fun facts, Josh's fun facts.
0: Get ready.
1: Come on, shine on me.
0: Oh, wow. I'll give you a chance to take that back. Sorry. Retracted. (laughs) So Stanley Kubrick didn't even read the screenplay that Stephen King wrote for The Shining.
1: (laughs) Doesn't surprise me. Kubrick won, King
0: King nil. (laughs) 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 Ding, ding. Yeah, room 217 was switched to room 237 for The Shining at the request of the Timberline Lodge. I mean, I would have thought they would have just kept it because people would have gone there. As like a
1: back in the day, maybe they wouldn't have. But nowadays, can you imagine the amount of people queuing up? Oh, dude! Review?
0: I'm going. I'm going to stay there. Yeah. So the the lodges management asked for the room number to be changed so that the guests wouldn't avoid room two seventeen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the hidden playgirl magazine in the shining. Oh yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> it's when
1: he's in the lobby and he's waiting for um, Ullman, who is the uh, the manager, I guess. Who looks exactly like JFK? By JFK. the way, another Room Two Three Seven thing, and apparently he gets a hard on when he's talking to him in the office. But anyway, that's just an- that's another that's another thing. Um, if you enjoyed yeah.
0: The Shining, you have to watch two- oh, Room Two Three Seven.
1: Just watch it, man. It's fucked. And that playgirl thing, he like picks it up and yeah, he puts it down. It's like, why is he reading a playgirl Why is there a playgirl magazine in the lobby of a hotel? That's so inappropriate. And mm. then in the articles section, it's like incest
0: and stuff. It's like, it talks what? about how he was like sexually abused as a yeah. kid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh my God. The Shining was Danny Lloyd's only movie. Mad, that isn't it? Because he's a, he's a farmer now. <laughs> farmer Lloyd. Farmer Lloyd. Um, Danny Lloyd didn't know he was making a horror movie while shooting The Shining. I assume he was probably a bit too young to understand. Oh. Yeah. I mean, imagine, but like, is he scarred? Like surely he's scarred from this. I don't think so. I think maybe not as much as Shelley Duvall.
1: I mean, he became a farmer and didn't didn't continue acting. You know that surely says a lot.
0: Maybe he just wasn't didn't want to be an actor. Maybe he just
1: wasn't. Yeah, wasn't good enough after that. But maybe I don't know. Um, like uh, that would scare me as a kid. Like learning,
0: you know, about all that stuff. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, Stanley Kubrick treated uh, his lead actress Shelley Duvall like notoriously bad on set. Yeah, this is not good. No. Nah, uh... Shelley has characterized working with Kubrick as excruciating, almost unbearable. Mm. Um, The scene where she walks backwards up the stairs, crying and swinging a bat, a jack was like shot at least 35 times, but some people on set have reported it that it was shot more than 100. It it became one of her most powerful scenes, which it is. Genuinely, it's such a strong scene. Mm -hmm. Um, Her hands were shaking as she holds the bat, and her eyes, her, oh, sorry. Her eyes and nose were red from actually crying. God. Um, apparently, Kubrick was constantly rude and dismissive to her on set, often telling her she was wasting everyone's time.
1: Very traumatic. Yeah. He was
0: known to instruct crew members not to show Duval any compassion. The result was that Duval looked stressed, tired, and haggard, but the very performance Kubrick wanted. God. You can't get away with that these days, obviously. No. Um, no. but apparently that's, men- that's mental abuse
1: but like it's oh, it's so hard because you wouldn't have that scene without well you might have but it's so believable but that's not
0: the way to go about it is not to treat your actors like shit like that's yeah not nice um apparently shelly suffers from ptsd and some paranoia because of that still to this day so <sighs> and she hasn't really done much since that movie because of that well fuck. whereas me. obviously jack nicholson has yeah, but you know what? He
1: was already a nutter, so you reckon Jack was, yeah. Mm. Easy rider, uh, Clockwork Orange, One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest, great movie, yeah. And he always had that like bad boy thing, and he always had a bit of a like loose screw, but -hmm. in a good way. Mm -hmm. He's like a, a bit of a nutcase, but like a good, fun, like fun
0: nutcase, and he still brought it into his later years with uh, the departed.
1: Yeah, well he's just a funny funny actor isn't he and like and he played the joker he... of all characters mad and like that's perfect isn't it for him yeah um but yeah he his uh kind of um uh preparation sorry for this movie was quite interesting especially like I'm not sure what he did before it but whilst they were making it I feel like he really got into character kind of semi method acting Mm. um and there's that scene what there's a behind the scenes footage of him before the Hears johnny scene where he's like huffing and like puffing literally before he huffs and puffs and blows the door down you know he's like swinging the axe and he's like i'm ready i'm ready and he's like Rah.
0: yeah and like you just got sound people walk, walking around him normally and he's like getting ready yeah. to shoot yeah no, i love sad.
1: that and that's that's <laughs> like proper acting in it And then the here's Johnny scene was obviously the scene itself was written, but the here's Johnny line was completely improvised. Is that right? Yeah. Where did it come from? Uh, The Johnny Carson show, which was like an old show that Jack Nicholson used to watch when he was a kid, where the guy is like a cowboy bloke. He just comes out. It's like really American, like a (laughs) presenter. And he's just like, here's Johnny.
0: It's, an iconic it's like line. music.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Instead of like, here's Johnny, when there's like, just axe the door down, he's about Achilles' wife.
0: Here's Johnny. I remember growing up and thinking, horror, what's that? Oh, here's Johnny. Oh, that's horror. Like, because. Yeah. That's that. That's what horror is to me. Growing up, that's crazy,
1: mm. <laughs> and where it comes from, you know. And yeah, Jack Nicholson in general is proper like force of nature in that film. He, I think, he doesn't carry the film, but he, he definitely like leads the film to where it needs to go. And he, his character arc, like he changes so much. Like he starts off quite tolerable, and then he becomes just a fucking lunatic Mm. and you see his facial expressions change a lot as well like his eyes and his stare and the
0: kubrick stare that's another thing that's another thing that's huge in that the scene where he's going up the stairs and shelly's got the bat um Mm. he doesn't blink once in that scene which is crazy to me Um, you know when he's looking out
1: when he's looking out the window and he's like it's really gray and he's like staring and he's like eyes are like pointed like that and he just kind of like that's in another uh, it's in uh, clockwork orange and full metal jacket Mm. the characters looking at the camera or looking away from the camera staring like
0: really intensely yeah the kubrick stare yeah it's cool i like it uh i got one more fact for you and this is a bit of a wow all right um lee unkrich runs the overlook hotel which contains tons of pictures and behind the scenes information about the film he says, I started the site purely for selfish reasons. He also said, I've been collecting stuff from The Shining over the years and I just wanted to have one place where they could be organized. Um, Unkrich was also one of the people who helped fund the Room 237 documentary. Ah, uh, okay. So The Shining's most famous fan site is run by the director of Toy Story 3, who is Lee Unkrich. What? But undeniably, the most fun part about Unkrich's obsession with The Shining is finding the hidden references in various Pixar films, including Toy Story 3. Sid's carpet is very similar to a carpet in the Overlook Hotel.
1: Oh, a
0: garbage think... truck's license plate reads RM237. That's class. <laughs> How strange and wow That's is that? cool. I like that. <laughs> That's like, that's
1: the influence of The Shining. Like, you know, everyone, everyone's like psyche. Like if you've seen the movie, like it's The Shining, like has like aspects of The Shining, like horror movies now, like with the character, um, with that, you know, Haunted Hotel. I mean, the Haunted House genre isn't a new thing, but that really took it to like another level, I think. Mm -hmm. And the maze as well. And like, Another thing is like Kubrick's. You could see a bit of like uh, Kubrick in Nolan, in the sense of like, and maybe even like David Fincher and people like that, because of their complex nature of their movies, like the maze and the the camera shots. You know, there's a bit where he's looking at the maze, the The, miniature maze, the
0: built, yeah, and you can see the wife and son walking, yeah, and then it like
1: zooms in and like it becomes Danny and um wendy wendy yeah and like stuff like that like it's so subtle but it's like so clever
0: and for and... that to be done in like the 70s is like mm. wow well that's he was an he was an auteur wasn't he he
1: was ahead yeah. of his time like and you know 2001 for me like i saw it i came late to the party with that one but like that blew my mind like and that's fucking so old now but just quest just it makes a question a lot of like just think about a lot of things like and that's i think that's what's important like the shining for me it makes us now that i know there's more to it than just guy kills his wife and kids in a hotel mm. um and it's the subtext is about well essentially his movies are about a lot about human nature and this is no different like it's about how do we learn how do humans learn from the past and how do they make things better for the future? Or, how, or do they not learn? You know, like genocide, Native Americans, the Holocaust. Yeah. Like all of these atrocities over time. You know, Jack doesn't learn. He, he, he commits them again, you know? So at the end, there's that picture, black and white picture on the wall. And it's of all the stuff and people from the Overlook Hotel in 1921, Mm. which is when the whole ballroom scene is. Um, And it's Jack Nicholson's face. Yeah. Which, like, what the fuck? So, like, you're watching it and you're like, but how? Like, how? Is he a ghost? Is he this? Is he that? But then you, like, think deeper about it and you're like, well, he's just a reincarnation of another guy who was doing the same thing over and over. People are just committing the same atrocities over and over. They're killing their family, doing evil things. And it's like, you never learn. Humans never learn.
0: Yeah, that's the deeper message behind it for sure. Which is fucking mad from a book was... about telepathic yeah. communication. <laughs> well, that's just Kubrick's... That's Kubrick's Kubrick right there, dude. So
1: there's actually a... Stephen King wrote a sequel to The Shining uh, called Doctor Sleep. Um, which is about Danny Torrance, the kid who is now grown up as an adult and he's an alcoholic. He's like wasted his life. He's not a farmer, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) And he um, is reminded that he has, you know, the shining. He hasn't, his life hasn't worked out for him because he's got this gift and he's been through trauma. Um, I really enjoyed it it's about more about the shining the gift and probably the reason there's a reason why Stephen King likes Dr. Sleep and not the shining the movie because Dr. Sleep is like very much the same as the book mm. and you McGregor plays Danny Torrance great actor like oh, I think that's awesome dude yeah so good in it like it's quite long but it's the way that it's done in visually and cinematically and then in the end if you, if you like The Shining, it like rewards you for like being a Shining fan because he goes back to the hotel mm. and shit goes down and it's a lot more supernatural, but it's fucking, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great as a fan of The Shining, like watch Doctor Sleep and it's very different, but um it rewards you as a fan as well, as well as a new newcomer um you need to still see it josh
0: i know i still need to watch dr sleep i'll get into that get on it get on it i was just gonna ask you why do you think it is our number two like what makes it our number two and i think you've just answered it
1: (laughs) yeah because (laughs) it's about true nature of evil and it's about how it elevates the like horror genre because it brings it out of simply being about scaring you and it makes you scared about like being a person (laughs) (laughs) something you can't control well yeah which is like the horror of like life you know and the horror of true real evil which is like genocide and people fucking killing people Mm. in reality you know not it's not like it's not a slasher movie it's not a um, haunted house movie it's not hereditary it's not like an exorcism it's not the supernatural the supernatural element is part of it but it doesn't drive it. What's driving it is real, real, real horror, the the human horror.
0: Yeah, and that to me is like the ultimate horror, you know? I fully agree with you. Um, I think uh, it's the sort of movie that you can't really be on your phone and watching at the same time. You have to really yeah. be into it and listening and paying attention. And I think the first time people watch it, they probably won't understand or fully understand like we do Um, (laughs) wow yeah which two through room 237 helped with that but at the same time there are things in room 237 (laughs) that you just don't don't get
1: too carried away because you'll go down the rabbit hole and you will not climb back out (laughs) no
0: you won't but it is our number two on our top five horror movie list for our month of spooky so if you all agree
1: um yeah even if you don't agree uh send us a send us a message um just tell us what you think what what your thoughts are on the shining did it like spook you did it make you think as well um if you haven't seen it i would definitely recommend watching it if you're a fan of you know any of those like the director like you know jack nicholson
0: um just movies in general like if you like movies you've got to see this film like also it's just an iconic classic film in general yeah. in my opinion so yeah me too yeah. Uh, number two for our top five horror movie the Shining. Certified. 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 Certified Guess. All right, we're back again with a certified guess. I'm going to go first this time Nad, Ready? Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. Apart from enjoying the narrative hijinks, it's also fascinating to watch both actors interpret the demonstration of the respective transferences of character. Oh. Really? That's hard. Are we in the horror genre? No, not really.
1: Okay. Do that again.
0: Transference. You and I have seen it together. Apart from enjoying the narrative hijinks, it's also fascinating to watch both actors interpret the demonstration of the respective transferences of character. Fight club? No. Face off. Face off. <laughs> you
1: bastard. <laughs> damn it oh, that was a bit of a hard one that was it made it sound like a lot more <laughs> <laughs> Did not Fight Club sound. hey Fight Club was a good guess I'll give you that because like characters you know like yeah mm-hmm. nah, it's all good all good all good all good you know what I'll bounce back and I think I've given you an easy one but fuck it <laughs> it's alright based on the novel of the same name this movie is a rich psychological horror with mild frights, showcasing how your mind can be your worst enemy.
0: It's a Gerald's game. Fuck.
1: Oh, really? Well done, mate. Even when I took the Stephen King out of it, I was—I took it out last second. I, I would have totally got second. it 100%. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And I was like, I need to like make it a bit harder.
0: That's what but I yeah. do. Sometimes I take the director's name out or the obviously the movie title out, yeah. So well the, the score of this now, it's it's Josh on eight and Nat on six. Shit, son. You're going to beat me at sun. I'm flexing right now. Can you That's see me right. flex?
1: Yeah, I can see you flex. Yeah. No one else can, luckily. It's all right. <laughs> oh, man. That's uh, fair. All right. Okay. I'm going to have to bounce back. I need to get my head together. Like... Yeah, bro.
0: all right the shining was number second on our top number five second horror, number <laughs> se- that didn't make sense the shining is number two on our horror movie countdown top five not number second it's number two um we all hope you enjoyed this episode of no spoilers for old men here's johnny Ooh. we'll see you all next week with our number one number
1: one number uno
0: how exciting all right we'll see you next week catch you later cheers guys that was good you should never say scary movies, it's a death wish. You might as well just come out here to investigate a strange noise or something.